Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. I want to welcome The Remnant Warriors. Welcome the Gideons 300 on this Monday, 3-15-2021. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. There are going to be times in your life when you really feel hopeless. There are going to be times when you don't feel like you have the strength to push forward. I'll tell you, friends, I've been through some crazy things in my life, and I'm sure you have as well. And I had to make decisions in those times. Am I going to continue to trust the Lord in my life? Am I going to continue to follow him? Or am I going to unravel? Am I going to become like one of these other people that just unravels and totally falls apart? Now, the longer you live, the more people that you witness that pass away. I've seen many people now in my lifetime that are no longer with us. Some of them were my dear friends. Some of them died of natural causes. Some of them died of their own volition. They took their life or uh, there was other reasons that decisions that they made were very foolish and they got into a very bad place and sometimes overdosed or drank too much or different things. So I'm sure you've all seen people like that in your family, in your circles, but we're going to need to make a decision in this time. We're going to need to make a really difficult decision that I will probably say that most of us have not had to make yet in our lives where we're going to have to completely disconnect from the narrative of the world. We're going to have to completely disconnect from what society and the news and people around you, your neighbors, your, your fellow uh, people at work, you know, school, uh, you know, the people that are, that are all around you during the day, even family members. And we're going to have to learn how to go to God and say, Lord, what do you say? There's an old song. It's called, Whose Report Will You Believe? I Will Believe the Report of the Lord. Well, that's exactly where we're going to have to be. I think of the scripture in Psalm 91. It says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. This is where we're going to have to live, friends. We're going to have to live in the shadow of the Almighty. In an age of absolute fakery, in an age where pastors are now censored, fined, and sometimes arrested, in an age where people are trying to change the word of God, they're trying to alter it so that same-sex marriage is okay, whole denominations, whole, whole denominations are now embracing flawed theology to the point of complete compromise. And we're gonna have to make the decision that is it either us and God and his word, or are we going to capitulate? Are we going to conform to the pressure of groupthink, of collectivism, of the, of the pressure of the, of the mass culture that's pushing, bearing down on us, where we feel like we are the minority? It's a difficult place to be, but I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than the collective group, than the mob, than the mainstream news, than the, the social justice warriors, than anybody, even somebody that's manning a U.S. military Twitter account. Now they're attacking Tucker Carlson. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the story. We are in an unprecedented time where I can't talk about on social media the most pressing issues of the day. I can't have a conversation and share my thoughts as a minister of the gospel without the social media company telling me that I'm violating the community standards. 
<laughs> well, if pastors aren't violating community standards, then we're not really doing our job because we're meant to speak what the word of God says and the word of God can be disruptive and the word of God can cause people to separate because they don't wanna hear truth. Jesus didn't come to just unify everybody. He came that even families were turned against family. He came to be a disruptor. That's why he turned over the tables. He's speaking the truth. Some people don't wanna hear the truth. He is truth. He is the word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And guess what? The word became flesh. That's why there's something about the name of Jesus. That's why the name of Jesus causes people to get upset because they know there's power and authority, not only in the name of Jesus, but in the scripture because Jesus is the word. The word became flesh. People don't want to hear the truth of the word of Jesus Christ because it's disruptive. It agitates their demons. It brings conviction and it really turns things upside down, just like he did with the tables. It's going against what humans would love to be the truth, but they made it up. It's not really the truth. It's their form of truth. As Oprah says, their truth. Well, there isn't your truth and my truth. There's the truth. That's it. Not your truth and my truth. I don't have that position in the world to just make up my own truth. Truth is truth. That's it. They try to say love is love. Well, no, because then they're causing people to sin. Not all love is love. There's also uh, fornication. There's also adultery. There's also uh, seduction. There's also lust of the flesh. Love is not love. Real love, perfect love, casts out fear. Perfect love is agape. It's from the Father. He loves us more than we can ever understand. That's why the scripture has John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. Jesus Christ is ultimate love. Not the, the fake love that they're teaching you that causes you to sin and to stray and to enter the gates of hell because that is actually what will end up happening. You know, if you die, if you were to die or to get killed or Jesus were to come back tomorrow and you're living an unrepentant life of sin, you will spend eternity in hell. People aren't preaching this anymore. You have to repent. That means to turn from your wickedness. Do we enjoy some sin? Yeah, because it brings us a ungodly pleasure. But that pleasure is against the law of the Lord. It is against what he desires for us to do. So we need to turn from it. And that's what they don't want you to know. Because ultimately, we're just passing through in this world. We're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I had a friend the other day that passed away out of nowhere. He's in his 40s. His liver gave out because he had a drinking problem and he died. This was somebody that I used to hang around as a child, my childhood friend. All of a sudden, he's just gone. This happens a lot, friends. People are here today and gone tomorrow because we are just passing through in this world. So that's why it's got to be a relationship, a personal relationship between us and the Father. He needs to know us and we need to know him. We have to have a dialogue, a conversation. We need to be repentant, turning from our unrighteousness and asking the Lord for strength and wisdom and guidance and discernment, direction, strategy, all of it. It can't just be like Santa, a wish list. Lord, I want this, I want that, I want this. It needs to be a two-way conversation. We don't ever want him to say, I never knew you. We want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And that's why we're here, friends. He's been, you know, he's given us a great commission. The commission is simple. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That scripture should be one that we think about every day. He's with us. He's with us right now. I feel persecuted. I'm going to tell you. I, I really feel like some days, if I were to give in to my flesh, I feel like the walls are closing in. Social media is trying to censor me. That affects everything. It affects our ministry. People go after us financially. They try to get us involved in these stupid lawsuits and different things. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Most people wouldn't even believe the level of warfare that we're dealing with. And I think to myself, is it worth it? <laughs> that what a stupid question. Is it worth it? Of course it's worth it. I mean, I should never ask that question. But when we're beat down and when we're tired and when we're discouraged and when we feel like no one else cares and when we listen to the negativity and all the horrible news stories of this hour, you can almost get depressed because you feel like you're alone and you're singled out. And you think, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to live? How am I going to... All these fears come upon you. And then you think about the Great Commission. Go, make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Think about what he's entrusted us to do, friends. He's given us a Great Commission. And he, he's going to be with us until the end of the age, which means he's with us right now. So what do we need to do? We need to train our mind not to listen to what the enemy is trying to say about us, what he's trying to speak over our life. Now, here's another problem that we run into. We speak death over our situation. We do it a lot. Sometimes we do it without even realizing it. I do it without even realizing it. Let's listen to what the Bible says about speaking. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, put it this way, the tongue has the power of life and death. The stakes are high. Your words can either speak life or your words can speak death. Our tongues can build others up or they can tear them down. An unchecked fire doubles in size every minute. God is telling us that we have the authority in Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit, which came in Acts chapter 2, which we're living in the new covenant, meaning that we have the authority and power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And listen what Jesus said about what we're able to do. Jesus says in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I've done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. That's the time that we're living in. Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's fully God. He was fully man when he was in the flesh here on earth, but now he's fully God. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he's saying, we're able to do what he did and greater. Now, are we operating that way? Because when I got taken down from social media today and I'm on a three-day ban, first thing I wanted to do is get discouraged. And then God said, wait a minute, didn't I say I'm with you even until the end of the age? Didn't I say that I've called you out by name for a time as this? Didn't I say that you're going to be doing things that are even greater than what I did when I was in my earthly ministry? And I thought, but Lord, look at my situation. Not just this. I have so many people attacking me from every different angle. It seems like the warfare is so intense. Some days I want to give up. And God said, how could you even think that way? Why would you ever want to give up? 
I'm with you until the end of the age. I knew everything that you'd have to deal with. And that's what brought me to this message today because I think that many of you feel the same way. We look at the news. We look at what just happened in the 2020 elections. They don't want me even mentioning the elections, COVID, vaccines. Literally, social media takes you down if you mention those things. So I can't even talk about it. But can I? Yes, I can. Why? Because they cannot silence me. This podcast is up. Why can't I talk about it here? And if they take this down, I'll go to my website. And they take that down, I'll go get a megaphone and I'll stand on a hill by my house and talk about it. They can't silence me, friends. They're not going to silence us. They're not going to stop us. They know the power that we have. The devil knows the power that we have. That's why he's trying to close in right now. Listen, I listened to Mike Lindell. He was talking via Zoom to a crowd in Arizona. I put it up, actually. Uh, It's right before this broadcast on the podcast. You should listen to it because I give that man a lot of credit. He keeps talking about a coming revival. He said it's going to be powerful. He believes Donald Trump is going to somehow get back in office. I also heard another prophet say the same thing, a credible prophet, actually, just over the weekend. People are still saying this. Now, we look at these things and we say, how in the world could anything like that ever happen? Our situation looks grim. They're trying to push through HR1. They're trying to push through HR5. Uh, They're trying to silence dissenters. They're trying to come after Christians. They're weaponizing everything they possibly can in the government to go after nonprofits and You know, on and on and on. It looks like Obama administration 2.0 and it's worse than on steroids with a man that doesn't even know anything about where he is or what he's doing. And I I say that not in a mean way. It's just the truth. That's supposedly our president, the most powerful man in the world. (laughs) And so we, we sit here and we're almost in awe of everything that's going on. Like what is going on? But I'm here to tell you something. You know, I had to learn how to operate in the church. And I'm a pretty bold guy, as you guys know. When I came into the church, I wasn't exactly accepted with open arms. I came from the world. I'm actually writing a book right now about my testimony because I think it's important that people understand what God has done in my life because he's done some very powerful and amazing things. But when I first came into the church, and even till today in some aspects, now I've, some people would consider me somewhat mainstream, I guess. I don't consider myself mainstream at all. But I'm saying, you know, at least I know a lot of the quote-unquote mainstream preachers and today's church. I mean, I've, I've fraternized with them, I guess. They probably know my name to some extent, not all of them, but some of them. I have a lot of their phone numbers and emails and we've communicated. So, you know, it's not like I'm not accepted by the body of Christ. I don't want to say that, but I will say that guys like me, maybe you, maybe your friends, maybe others that you listen to that are other remnant people, we're not exactly accepted with open arms in today's church environment. In other words, a lot of churches, especially mega churches, would not invite Pastor Todd to preach on a Sunday. Why? Because they're probably afraid that I'm going to ruffle some feathers. They're probably afraid that I'm going to talk about something that they would consider controversial, where they could possibly lose half of their congregation. This is the truth. Now, how we got to think about that situation because, so here we are, and we got to wonder, would Jesus himself be accepted in half the churches in America today? Let's think about that. Would he really be accepted in half the churches today in America? Would would he approve of some of the things that are going on in some of these churches? Or would he turn over the tables? So we've reached what I would consider a precipice moment in our country. God is indeed separating the wheat from the chaff. And as we have a constant stream of misinformation, disinformation, lies from the prophets of Baal, the modern day mainstream news and others that are constantly coming to our 
device that we hold in our hand a good portion of the day and all this fake information and discouragement and attack and all these things are coming through this device to believers that are willing to stand for righteousness. And so how do we navigate? And it's very simple. And I'm going to share with you. When I worked at a large church many years ago, I was a young believer and I saw some things there that I probably didn't think were above the line. They, they shouldn't have been happening. Now, was it horrible? Like some of the horrible scandals that you hear today? Not, it wasn't a horrible scandal, but it was enough that a lot of people would be discouraged to see what was going on with the shenanigans. And I was a younger believer and I'm working at this large church and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, is this what's going on in the church? Now, here's the thing. I had had a real and true encounter with the Holy Spirit of God. I had a real encounter. I know God is real. Like I said, you'll maybe read my testimony at some point and you'll see why. But I knew that God was real. I, there was no doubt in my mind that God is real. I had an encounter with him that I cannot deny. So what I had to do from that point on is I had to separate man from God. What I mean by that is, is that I had to understand that man, even the coolest preachers in my life, even the people that I thought were the, you know, almost closest to God as you could be, people that I really looked up to. And then I would see a behavior or something that they may have done. And it's not like they fell or, you know, it was something wicked that they were doing, but they were just being human. But it was enough to, you know, send the average person to think, wow, you know, they, they do that, <laughs> you know, because you put them on a pedestal as a Christian. And then, you know, all of a sudden you see this big preacher and they're doing something. You're like, wow, like that's, he shouldn't be doing that or she shouldn't be saying that. And so what I had to do is I had to separate myself and my relationship with God from every other human being on this planet. It doesn't matter how big of a name they are. It could be a Rabbi Zacharias. It could be whoever. I had to separate my, my, my relationship with them. And by the way, I don't know Rabbi Zacharias. I never, ever have met him before. So I'm just giving an example. But, but what I'm saying is, is that men, men are failing. Men let us down. People discourage us. Churches let us down. Now, I believe that if you have pastor or reverend or preacher or evangelist or whatever before your name, you better understand that you're being held to a higher standard. And you better be repentant. And I believe everyone's going to stand before the throne of glory one day. And uh, those that are in sin or doing things that they shouldn't be doing, I believe it's probably going to be exposed because what's been done in darkness will be brought to the light. And even if it isn't exposed in this world, why would you do it? Because you're going to have to stand before the throne one day in judgment. So don't, if you're a preacher and you're in sin, stop being a preacher for a season and get healing. And then you can be restored to the ministry. Take the time to get your heart right and repent. Repent today. Don't waste another day. If you're a Christian, and you have areas in your life that you know are open sin and you're continuing to do them and you think you're going to get away with it. You're not because God wants that area closed. He wants that sin done. And it's probably holding you back from a lot of blessings because he's a good father and he's going to wait until you get the healing and deliverance that you need to go to the next level. And we're never going to be perfect on this earth. There's never going to be a time when we've made it. We will not make it until the day we go home. But God peers, peels away layer by layer every single day. And we have to separate man from our relationship with God. Now, mentors are good. It's good to have people to look up to. It's good to be accountable. All those things are fine. And hopefully there are pastors that are truly walking in a consecrated manner in your life that you can trust and that won't let you down. There are people like that. I'm not trying to discourage you from every person. All I'm trying to say 
is that people let you down. God does not let us down. God is perfect. God is holy. God has a plan for our life. God is with us even till the end of the age. Things happen that we don't understand. People die unexpectedly. Tragedies happen. Things in this world happen where we lose jobs or things unexpected. And, and right now we're in one of those seasons where collectively as a, as a people of God, we're looking and we're saying, what in the world just happened in the United States? The election was stolen. We just went through a pandemic that was greatly over-exaggerated to take away our rights and freedoms. And it could even be going into something called the Great Reset. And there's all different types of things that are happening right now. And if we look in the natural, it is terrifying. It's terrifying. We think we've lost the country and we're watching an administration that is literally being led by demonic entities that are pushing us towards wicked, wicked agendas and laws. And we think, my God, what has happened? But then we go back to the scriptures that I read earlier. And we think about who we are. What are we commissioned to do? Go and make disciples. Get them baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Get people saved, set free, healed, delivered. Preach the goodness of Christ. Show, show people what God's love is. Empower them. This is what we're commissioned to do. And what did he say? His promise was he will be with us even until the end of the age. So let's just say we are at the end of the age right now. Is he with us? Yes. We've separated. We've successfully now separated man and the things of this world where we are in it, but we're not of it versus the realness, the truth of the living God that is with us, that's given us his Holy Spirit that is going to be with us, that's never going to leave us, that's never going to forsake us, even until the end of the age. And at the end of the age, we will rule and reign with Christ in the new Jerusalem. We will walk streets of gold. All we got to do is fight this good fight of fate. Stand strong. Press ahead. Believe in what the word of God says. That's why people don't like us. They don't like us because we speak the truth. Not everybody's going to invite you to speak, but you know what? There will be doors that open, just like with me. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't invite me to speak because of the reasons I mentioned earlier, but there's also a lot of people that do. There's also a lot of people that understand my heart and, and get the calling and partner with the ministry and stand with us and pray for us and intercede for us. And that is priceless, my friends, priceless. So I want to give you an encouragement today. It's kind of a pep talk. But it's something we need to all understand. We are in it, but we're not of it. And so this world is passing away. And when we hear the headlines and when we see the direction of the world, we shouldn't really be so surprised because this is exactly what the Word of God said. In fact, let's read what the Word of God said again. In 2 Timothy 3.2, it says, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, have a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Well, are we really having nothing to do with such people? Because it seems like we're living in their world. We're caring what they think. We're letting their words attack us and get us discouraged and down and making it feel like we're defeated. How is it that we are defeated? When did God say that we're defeated? When did he say that we lost? In fact, I've read the end of the book. It says we win. 
Are we acting like victorious people? Are we acting as who we are in Christ? Are we standing up today and understanding the authority we have in Christ? Well, let's read about the authority that we have in Christ. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, I have given you authority to trample on the heads of serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Wait a minute here. Did it just say nothing shall hurt you? What about the other part that says all the power of the enemy, not some? In Luke 9, 1, it says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure the diseases. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 18. It says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And again, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where two or more uh, are gathered in my name, there I am among you. So there it is, friends. Nothing, none of those things did it say we don't have the authority, we don't have the power and we're defeated. None of them. None of the scripture says that we're defeated. All of it says we're victorious. All of it says that we have authority. So this pep talk today is needed because I think a lot of us have been feeling down and destroyed and defeated and slandered and attacked and everything you could think of, including myself sometimes. But we have to remember who we are in Christ. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what investigation they're doing on President Trump today. Or, you know, what, what, a, what new law they're trying to push down our throats today that is just a debacle, just disgusting, you know, demonic. What new, what new rule that says this gender is that or this is this or blah, 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 a bunch of fakery. It's a bunch of nonsense. We already know the truth. You know, why is it that I get banned on social media or at least for a couple of days because I talk about what happened with COVID? Well, obviously they're concerned that you might know the truth. They're concerned that you might understand more, that there's more to the story. You may understand that the numbers were messed around with. You may understand that the flu numbers were all of a sudden suppressed and called COVID, that everything was called COVID, that maybe you don't need to get the vaccine. You ever think of that? Maybe God gave us an immune system that's sufficient. Maybe this was a bioweapon. You know, all these different things that they don't want us talking about because all they want us to have is what they consider the mainstream media which are the prophets of Baal. They don't want us talking about vaccines and possible dangers and people that may be dying or getting autoimmune deficiencies or different things that happen as a result. They don't want us talking about the thousand plus people that have died. They don't want us talking about any of that because then we'll talk amongst each other and we might make a different decision than what they want us to make. They don't want us talking about any of it, friends. That's why they ban me. They don't want us questioning the 2020 election results. They don't want us bringing up the thousands of pages of evidence or all the uh, you know, anomalies when it comes to the, the numbers, all the different uh, things that guys like Mike Lindell, who's also been banned, you know, uh, has come up with in his reporting and his documentary or, or Sidney Powell that's also been banned or, you know, Lynn Wood that's also been banned. They don't want us listening to any of that because it questions and breaks apart their fake narrative. If you think about it, all those examples I just gave, it's kind of similar to what they're going to do with the word of God. They're going to try to change it. They're going to say it's hate. They're going to say that we are defeated. They're going to try to make you feel isolated. They're going to try to make you feel uh, like everything is bearing down upon you because that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to flex their muscle, show you just like what they did in the days of Jesus when Caesar was trying to flex his muscle and they tried to crucify him. But guess what? That backfired, didn't it? 
Yeah, they did crucify him, but he rose again. And that ended up being the ultimate move of God. The biggest thing that he's ever done since man has been created is having Jesus Christ resurrect from the dead and be the eternal sacrificial lamb for all of our sin and unrighteousness. So if you think about it, it was the devil's biggest moment because he thought he had killed the son of God, but it was God's biggest moment when he turned it around and it ended up being the devil's biggest loss. Now, fast forward to today. We are thinking that we're in the most just horrible time ever. Like what just happened? How can this be? And the devil's partying. He's celebrating. And all the people that are demonic and given in to the things of this world and that hate God and hate the word and hate Christians and hate what we stand for, they're all celebrating. They think they've won. Well, guess what? There's been another time like this. I just mentioned it. When Jesus was crucified and they thought the same exact thing for three days until he rose. And I'm going to tell you something's going to happen now too. I think there's going to be a very powerful great awakening, a very powerful revival. I think many people are going to get saved and set free and healed and delivered. I think the remnant church is going to rise like never before. I think that we are absolutely empowered, that God knew exactly what he was doing and having us live in this particular time period, that everything that we've been through has prepared us for where we're going, that nothing we've been through has been wasted, and we need to separate ourselves from what man says and man does and just be in touch with the Holy Spirit. What do you say, God? Whose report shall I believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe what God says. I'm going to believe what God says he's going to do. And that's what I'm going to put my faith and my trust in. It may not look like that right now, but guess what? That's exactly what faith is. It's the evidence of things not seen. Hoped for, but not seen. Wouldn't that exactly mean what we're hoping for right now? We're hoping, and yet we don't see it. Well, that's faith, friends. That's faith. And without it, you can't please God. But with it, you can move a mountain. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to move a mountain. So I thank you to those that are partnering with us, standing with us, that are not afraid, that are willing to sow, that are willing to pray and intercede, that are willing to stand, and that are not giving up. Because I believe we're going to see a miracle. And when that miracle happens, people will dance in the street. When that miracle happens, it's going to be only God that could have done it. And people will be in awe at what God had just done. Because only God could have done it. Amen? Thank you for tuning in to this Monday edition of the Todd Coconado Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. We have a powerful week ahead. God is not done with you. He's not done with me. He's not done with your ministry. He's not done with this ministry. He is just getting started. You can visit us at toddcoconado.com, T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com. If you feel led to partner with us, we sure could need your, uh, your help. Uh, there's so many different things that we're doing right now. We appreciate those that are willing to stand with us. ToddCoconato.com, T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com slash give. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll be back tomorrow.